What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Work Wifey's podcast, episode number four. My name is Stephanie. My name is Itzel. And thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. We are super excited and you know, thank you for following us. Yeah, thanks for tuning into our fourth episode. If you're a new listener, um, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for giving us a chance. And I hope that um, what we have to talk about resonates and you keep coming back. If you are a returning listener, shout out to you as well. Thank you for your commitment and your belief in us. Um, we're so excited to be here again and sharing more of our <laughs> information more of our thoughts um more of the stuff that we carry in our hearts and our soul um and we're excited to be talking about abolition as a path to liberation today please like and subscribe our content reshare give us a shout out it goes a long way peace So welcome everyone to our official fourth episode. Um, sometimes you know it. We've made it a long way. We really yeah. have. We really have. So it just saying that out loud carries a lot of weight. Yeah, it feels like we haven't because I mean we only have four episodes out, and I feel like if you don't know what we're working on, it seems like not much. But we actually have a lot of unreleased content. <laughs> Um, that we were reviewing earlier today, and hopefully, like in the we coming will release weeks, it. We will release it because it's hot as shit, like <laughs> ooh, unfiltered. Yeah, I I think it also captures well. We still are baby podcasters, but it captures mm-hmm. the baby Itza and Steph in what last year fall when we were just Bruce warming Bruce. up to fucking recording. So yeah, we ha- we it just. We've made it. It's been a yeah. It's we, been a journey. It's been a journey. We have another journey to go. We got a lifetime, but you know, it feels good to be able to look back because we've been working on this for almost not almost a year. No, yeah. But like, I would say a good six, seven months, maybe yeah. even nine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we released in February for the first time. Um, so it hasn't been that long, like online, but. It's been an idea that we've been working on for a while. So to see us like where we are now, <laughs> um, it feels, yeah, I, I, we're, I'm proud of us. Hashtag growth. Big time. And today we want to highlight abolition as a path to liberation. Um, building off of our third episode we really dug deep into our own anti-blackness and talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, but we really want this episode to center on what abolition means to us, what our relationship is with law enforcement, what is cancel culture, what, you know, how do you hold people accountable that have been so harmful and hurtful to people? So that's a little bit about what you'll be tuning into today as well. Yeah, thanks, Steph. Um, and 
I think the question we're going to be asking or answering today between our conversation is just how do we work toward liberation in our everyday life? And so we're going to walk through abolition as a path to liberation, um, cancel culture versus call culture, and how we practice accountability and how do we imagine a world where we solve problems and um yeah we we're gonna be inherently hurtful like we're human beings we said that last time too we're gonna hurt each other um what matters is the comeback so hopefully we we drop some gems yes and we want to start off with just a general check-in because we feel that our movement is so different every single day and political moments political shit and news just change every single day so uh, we just want to take a moment to kind of highlight some current news that are you know that we find interesting and that we were even discussing and some of them are just you know Jeremy Vasquez, Meg Thee Stallion, Kanye West and ultimately it all ties into uh, so many things so many things but yeah Steph can I can I pause you right there? Yeah, go ahead. Can we can we do our regular surprise check in and then dive into the new stuff? Oh shit! Oh <laughs> shit! All right, hit me with hit me with the surprise All right. question. All right. I've been holding this in. I haven't told Stephanie, um, but the question today. I hope this doesn't rock you too hard. Oh but, shit! I'm scared. <laughs> don't be scared. The question is, um, how's your heart feeling today? <laughs> Too much? No, no, no. That's, <laughs> I think that's perfect. Um, I would say my heart today is just feeling free. Ooh. Yeah. And I think it's, it's in a good place. Like, I feel abundant. I feel hopeful. I feel present. Yes. I feel excited. And I think those are all feelings that I've been kind of having a hard time coming to terms with or just allowing myself to feel these past couple of weeks so i would say you know it's friday and i'm i'm blessed okay, i feel bitch. i feel grateful okay yeah and i'm gonna throw it right back at you so i i know <laughs> i know i said i was gonna ask you a different question or should i ask you a different question no i feel like that's a good that's that's a good question all right so how is your heart feeling itself today in this moment in this moment, you know, I'm really happy in this moment. I think that we talk about this all the time, but like being in the pod space, like getting into the headspace of recording, getting into the headspace of organizing our thoughts and also just sharing like physical space is is really cool and it brings my heart a lot of joy. Um, and so I would say in this moment, I feel very happy. It's been a long ass day. Like we both had to work today. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I feel, I feel grateful that I'm, I'm in this space with you and we get to have this conversation together. Oh, yeah. I, I feel it. I, I feel the energy. I feel the frequencies. (laughs) I really do. And I think it's always beautiful to create. And especially during the time that we're in, where just so much is happening. And I think just tapping into our creativity, like programming and anything right like it's exciting to be in that space so i fully agree um but thank you for that check-in so do you want to lead us into yes let's dive our additional dive-ins yes all right so what we want to do um 
with our episodes now is to incorporate like a little portion at the beginning of the episode where we just kind of talk about um, highlights, um, news titles, news headlines, um, and just shit that's going on in the community that we're talking about um, and that I know a lot of you are also talking about. And um, some of the things we're going to be talking about, Steph already mentioned. um, So I think we can just go ahead and start off with Jeremy Vasquez. <laughs> I know I was gonna be like Jeremy Vasquez. Jeremy. <laughs> so Jeremy Vasquez is an overall activist, and he has been getting exposed for various reasons. Yeah. And I was sharing earlier with Itzel that it this was brought up to my attention by a couple of my friends, and I had not looked into it until literally like two days ago, where I was like, "Oh shit, this." This guy is has been harming so many people in the community, mm. and yeah, if you want to elaborate yeah. more on it, so yeah. So Jeremy Vasquez is a artist in the Bay Area. He is, um, he I believe he's like black and Mexican, um, and he yeah he like is an educator, organizer, youth worker. Um, Stephanie and I have both been in. Um, circles with him because of the work that we do um he actually performed at the organization that we both worked at um and to be honest I he always gave me weird vibes um I always thought he was I don't know I always question people that like love attention because I feel like especially men yeah especially men especially men who are in like social justice circles Mm, claim mm -hmm, to be woke mm -hmm. claim to be aware of their toxic masculinity (laughs) write poems on it write poems and like capitalize off of their work yeah and so i always thought like energy was off but i trusted community because he's like he was very well liked in the community Mm -hmm. he was very well respected and i know that he did lead a lot of like really important classes with a lot of black and brown young men at Mission. mission yeah mission high school um and like he was just teaching them about like really empowering stuff like really empowering these young like brown black and brown youth um about like their identity and like really like really like giving them not life but like really just like feeding like education and like you know just like doing the work of youth development Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and so yeah so i like never really like paid him too much attention but i know that a lot a lot of people in the community respected him um and yeah so so just to so that's like background on who he is um i know that he like has hella books whatever (laughs) um but yeah this week he was actually called out and exposed for being a predator um and i guess we should also give a content warning because we're going to be talking about um child child is it child child abuse, abuse yeah child abuse, sexual assault sexual yeah. assault sexual harassment sexual violence um which had like he has all been um like really called in yeah called out called out for, for. and i think the biggest theme that is being seen in this particular moment with this predator is that you know men can really walk away with with anything right. and I, I remember telling Itzel earlier that I saw uh, an apology post and 
literally the comments were off and people were still glamorizing this predator for the ways that they were apologizing on social media. And I think just tying into our larger topic on abolition as a form of, you know, ultimate liberation, there comes a lot of mentalities including for myself when I think of a predator and I instantly go into carceral mentality where I'm like, yo, this person needs to go to jail or this person needs to, I don't know. Consequences. Yeah, there needs to be a consequence. My first thought is not, oh, let's have a kumbaya restorative justice circle. Let's call this person in. (laughs) Yeah, that's not my first thought. And, And my first initial feeling is rage because even just knowing that this person works in the Bay is capitalizing off of poetry and, you know, courting women into relationships and flirting with women in front of young people. And young people and flirting with young people. Like, this man would write poems to youth, like, to the babies that we work with, to, like, our babies in the collective Bay Area. Like, it's just fucking weird like he would bring and all of this stuff is like public information there's an instagram account dedicated to all the testimonies of the victim survivors that have spoken up um and spoken out against the shit that that he's done um and so if you want to follow the page i believe the page is called the downfall of vasquez Mm -hmm. we can include it in our notes just so folks are aware (laughs) Um, per our notes per our notes we'll include it in there yeah but yeah it's it's hurtful to hear about that because i'm just man i'm just always so conscious of Mm. any man who claims to be really aware really Mm -hmm. you yeah self-reflective and empathetic and that doesn't mean shit to me because your behaviors are very very present in violence against women yep and And it's i'm just ready to see the fall of patriarchy me too i'm ready to fucking i'm ready for men to like (laughs) sit down like let mujeres and femmes take the motherfucking lead because and the mic because y'all are gonna fucking burn shit (laughs) i'm just kidding i mean we do need masculine energy for sure like we yeah. do, but we need divine masculine energy in the same way that we need mm, divine mm-hmm, feminine energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that this situation with Jeremy Vasquez is complicated. And I think it, it's complicated for me as well because, like you were saying, oh shit, like you were saying earlier, stuff like fucking put this man in jail or like, like <laughs> we, need a, we need to fucking cancel him yeah, or like yeah. some extreme shit, right? Um, and I know that also, like, he's again, like, a black and brown man and that's a whole other layer because black and brown men end up going to jail for the most part for you know many many things yeah and i think this also ties back into what happened with meg the stallion and oh my god tory lanes yeah and that's a whole other it's i mean it's kind of similar too but in a way it's very it's very different. Yeah, the symptoms are the same. I think what we were talking about earlier is how, like, all the examples that we're going to talk about right now are all symptoms of toxic masculinity and patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that while we're still on the topic of Jeremy Ma- Vasquez, um, I think it's important to mention, like, activism, which is something you introduced me to. Like, that, I remember you were like, yo, have you heard of this? And I was like, wait, what? 
And I'm like, I, I pulled up Google pictures and I showed it. So this is how a fucking Mactivist dresses. <laughs> this is how they speak. Yep. They're hella down for the revolution. Yep. But in interpersonal relationships, they're also very harmful and they use their wokeness to really pursue women in a way that's fucking manipulative. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like generally all the activists that I've met have or know of like carry a certain level of charisma to them that allows like not allows, but like it makes it, it, they make you feel comfortable to like get into the space, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But to give another example of a, like, widely known activist is fucking Sean King, who has been, like, called out by multiple... So many women. Multiple women of color, like, just explaining and proving, like, how much money he steals from (laughs) all of the fucking fundraisers. It's not funny, but it's just, like, baffling that... Right. Like, motherfuckers are still out here. Yeah. That that people have the audacity to really capitalize off of this. And for for men to live so freely yes. and continue to do their work, continue to yes. be known, continue to carry a platform. And I think this also ties into larger conversations that I have also been reading about in terms of, you know, what is... What is cancel culture and does cancel culture mean that you can't have a platform anymore? Does it Mm -hmm. mean that you shouldn't be allowed on these platforms? Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's hot. It's Mm -hmm. really hot right now in terms of how we're moving forward with just abolition and calling in folks in a way that's restorative and moving past my own feelings of... You know, how would I hold somebody accountable that hurt me? Yeah. And that emotionally abused me or physically hurt me mm-hmm. in, in that sense. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, yeah, we're trying to figure it out because I think one thing that you and I can both agree on is that we're not trying to, like, follow the current systems that exist because we can all agree that the current systems that exist do not allow for like restorative justice mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. allow for like a more human centered approach it's very punitive and right like we're not trying to create more harm like like i said earlier people are going to ca- cause harm like that's in our innate nature um the comeback is what matters and i think that once we get to that takeaway i think we'll be able to like elaborate more on that um yeah so come to your i mean come to your own conclusions but like also one person speaking up about abuse especially a female identified person like we we need to believe them like i'm if it's only one person i'm believing you if you're telling me that this person hurt you i believe you Mm -hmm. like and i will amplify your story and i will protect you protect you because that's what women of color are doing like we are our own like safety yep in this world yep and i think there's so much power in that and i really do feel like people are fucking scared of our power <laughs> that's for sure yeah <laughs> yeah that's for sure um but yeah let's not spend too much time on that person um yeah again it'll be in the notes come to your own conclusions look into it um but just beware you've been informed um should we move on to meg the stallion yeah oh, my girl, girl that I just want to say, Meg, if you're listening to this, <laughs> <laughs> I love you. 
Yes, Itzel is such a huge Meg I fan. Am. I like support her 100, and I was like, hot girl down. Like, this situation reminded me a lot of the Chris Brown and the Rihanna situation. However, this was like way, way worse because this motherfucker had a gun. Yeah. Like, and I and I think a lot of people, including myself, were shocked because I think I saw Meg and Toy Lanes just interacting really well on social media, especially mm-hmm. when Toy Lanes was having quarantine radio. You mm-hmm. know, Meg went on, she danced. They were they were both partying it up, and I think they were quarantined together. But given the circumstances and the news media, I think it's been very hurtful to be seeing the memes that are kind of going around about Meg and poking at her and how that whole situation happened because it really does center how people don't give a fuck about black women. Mm -hmm. And similar to the memes that have been happening about Breonna Taylor or the the captions that are just put on random ass Instagram photos of white people and white women, it it waters the situation down and i think it doesn't shed enough care and it doesn't center the the black women that continue to be hurt amongst the larger system of patriarchy mm-hmm. and um i i really hope she's okay i've been seeing her tweets and i've been really man i'm i don't know how she's feeling and I do hope that she's able to fucking come back from this and heal and yeah, yeah. she's she's a strong ass person and I she have is. I have no doubt that she like will be able to come back from this. I just like it just sucks that she had to be traumatized in such a fucking way. Like one with her partner, who I'm sure she like everybody should feel safe with their partner. Number one. Number two, like, all of this shit happened in the public eye. Like, the vid- I don't know if you saw the video that came out mm-hmm. when the police officers mm-hmm. were, like, giving directions to exit the vehicle. And, like, you can see her foot is bleeding and, like, just, She's like... just... Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can just, like, they're, like... She was struggling and it just, like... It's just unfortunate that some of this stuff has to happen in, in the public eye because they're people, you know? Like, she's a person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I I think even when I heard about Tory Lanez, I still went back to that kind of mentality of, yo, he needs to be punished for for what he did. And I think that's the hardest conversations that I have been sitting with myself in terms of what does it look like to hold one another accountable with so much care and healing after there's so much pain and just trauma that can be placed mm-hmm. on somebody in a the the system and the world that we live in so yeah i think it's really hard and these are just examples of what's happening in popular culture just in our community that can mm-hmm. that has enca- encapsulated for me how i'm navigating my own opinions towards abolition mm. yeah that i think that yeah that's like right on the nail stuff like it's I feel like what is being like I feel like what abolition calls for is at least in like situations like this is compassion for the perpetrator and I think that that's that's really, really hard. hard that's really hard um 
And yeah, like I know with the whole Jeremy Vasquez situation, like I know that there are people who are like working on restorative justice practices to like sort the situation out. And shout out to all those people who are able to have those conversations mm-hmm. with him and like navigate what restorative justice looks like. Um, I'm not there yet in my growth. I hope that I can. Yes, that's that's real. Yeah, but in the moment, I like, I'm just still. I'm I'm tired of violence against women. I'm tired against. I'm tired of violence against black women. Like I'm tired of black women being like held as almost immortal yet highly disrespected. Like y'all need to get it together. Yeah, all you male identified people. Um, but yeah, more to come. Also notice how Meg didn't like tell on him on Toy Lane. I noticed that, yeah. How he was like, he w- he got arrested, but he got arrested for carrying a gun and he made bail that same night. So I don't think he was in jail longer than a couple hours and he's free right now. And I think it says something about how black women are socialized that they don't and maybe this is not my place to say anything but I think it it says something about how she did not tell the cops about what actually happened Mm, because mm -hmm. she knew that it would put Tory Lanez in in a vulnerable position yeah potentially yeah for longer yeah yeah and in the system and we already know how the system treats people um should we talk about the next one or should we move on? I feel like we could move on. Yeah, I feel like we maybe can move it'll on. be brought up. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So, our first takeaway that we just want to dive into is abolition is the path to liberation. Mm-hmm. But we are just approaching this podcast episode with how do we work toward liberation in our everyday life? And so. Yeah, we're going to jump into that. Yeah, and I think for me, I can I can kick this the first one off cuz I think that what I say informs what you say. Yeah. Um and so, yeah, so initially when I thought about like abolition as a path to liberation, I was thinking about like defunding the police specifically and how like just quite like kind of what you were saying like the carceral system and like how our brains automatically jump to like someone causes harm put them in jail Mm -hmm. like someone's so ingrained yeah it's so ingrained or like even for myself i've had to check myself all week about what i i believe justice is because in in my mind earlier i was like we need justice we need to go to court and then i was like bitch (laughs) pause yeah like who the fuck are the judges (laughs) and like white men yeah and like what does justice look like in a very punitive racialized violent system and so i i really had to like follow that train of thought and like really think about about justice in a different way anyway i i did want to just explain like like where the police come from as an institution and like why the police in itself need to be abolished yeah um and how like that is one path toward liberation um and so police as an institution were create were created from uh patrols to catch enslaved people um or in runaway enslaved people and return them to their masters in like the 1700s and the 1800s um and so the police is inherently oppressive it cannot be reformed so any bitch that is out there saying like 
yeah, you're a bitch. Reform, <laughs> reform the police. Reform the police. Um, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Or like, it's take away their right gear. Or like, we need social workers. Or like, we need police to not like respond to <laughs> like all these issues. And it's like, no. They're like, what are we going to do without the police? And I think a big part of that is also because some people might have family members who are police. Ugh. Yeah. Officers. Or they might, I don't know, I've never called the police on anything. And I've never wanted to call the police on anything because I've never been in a situation that way, right? Where I'm Mm -hmm. fucking about to do it. But even then, I don't think, I don't feel protected by the police. Yeah, same. I feel like I've called the police maybe like twice when I was younger and one of them was one time I called them was because um me and my dad and my brother were like experiencing racist slurs from like some white ass man from Orange County Mm. um and he was like saying a bunch of shit he was like trying to fight my brother and my dad and so I called the cops like scared as fuck because he was saying that he was gonna go get a gun and the cops got there like an hour later and all they did was like make me feel bad about how i didn't respond fast enough wow <laughs> yeah See, that that's not the world that we're moving towards yeah because in that situation young itza deserved to oh. have all that healing right and comfort and some type of yeah i don't know and that wasn't even like the worst case scenario you know like there are there are people who like call the police and need them to show up because there's like a domestic violence case going on or like abuse Mm -hmm. or like someone just experienced some sort of harassment and the cops like they just they take their sweet ass time they take their sweet ass time and they literally don't know how to like interact with human beings like i believe that they're robots and the police academy like strips you of your empathy and your compassion and you are just like a fucking robot for the state and the system yeah and i've also seen people talk about oh no police members need you know they need to go to therapy and because because they've been stripped of their uh empathy they they need to be mentally okay and i agree everybody deserves to be mentally okay mm-hmm. but the fact that this system is rooted in slavery and racism it needs to be abolished mm-hmm. point blank period because why would it be necessary for something to continue existing given the historical impact that it has had and so I feel I feel a lot of people that I have seen in in my own community, like from Hayward or just anybody that I have interacted with, like on random social media, like folks are having a hard time really imagining what a world looks like without police because they really do believe that it should exist at all costs. Yeah. Yeah. But the police as we know it, like girl person, they ain't gonna save you like they're they're not gonna save us and so i think that we should start moving away from that savior mentality of the cops are gonna fix me the same way that we expect western doctors to fix us they're not gonna fix you like these motherfuckers just want to get us drugged up on big pharma which is a whole different conversation um yeah so let's not go there but um yeah, Steph, like what you were saying. I also think it's important to mention that abolition as an idea is not something that is new. Like Absolutely. A, this 
ideology has existed for heck along. And again, as you can guess, has been really, uh, I want to say like, like moved forward and talked about and explained a lot by a lot of like black women of color um, who have written like countless books about abolition, like Angela Davis to name one, mm-hmm. um, and Bell Hooks and Audre Lorde and um, yeah, so many fucking female activists, female identified activists who have like really like paved the way um for the world that we're still fighting for and like we know that abolition is not something that's going to happen overnight like this is systems change this is life work this is like i was just talking to someone about this of how like we can't expect the small changes that we do today and tomorrow and in our lifetime to have a direct impact Mm. like this ugly ass imperialistic system government culture has existed for so long it's gonna take a while to dismantle yeah um and i I think that scares people yeah and i think even with the black lives matter movement people lose interest people lose consistency and they think it's okay to just kind of go back to their complacent lives and not have urgency but we all need to have that fire up our ass just as the mm-hmm. ways that we were doing when we first found out that George Floyd was killed. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important to always capture that in whatever we're doing. Like, Black Lives Matter, and they still fucking matter every single day. Like, support black businesses, support mm-hmm. black women, believe black, black women, women, uplift black women. And it's really an ongoing it's lifetime. It, it's work. a it's a lifetime thing. Like this is something we should have been doing yesterday, <laughs> like <laughs> like years ago. You know, like mm-hmm. it, I just feel like mm-hmm. people randomly woke up one day and they fucking yeah. realized how racist they were. But yeah, or how racist the world around them is. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. Again, we don't say that to be like discouraging in any way. It's just like this isn't. This isn't something that you post about for a week and then like, oh, I did my due diligence or I shared my five posts of educational shit. Like, nah, dude. Like, yeah, it, this work happens behind social media. Yeah. And at the table, difficult. at work, when you're hiring people or when you are fucking doing microaggressions. Yep. And being anti-black in ways that you don't even notice it. Yep. Yeah. That's abolition work. Abolition work is also destroying the inner white man in all of us. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. And the inner white man sounds like individualistic, sounds like why me, not them, sounds like... Work hard and yeah, you'll get there. Yeah, or like, like, would like, yeah, like, I was having a conversation with someone about money and they were like telling me like... I hate rich people. I hate wealthy people. I think that nobody should be wealthy in a world where there are people sleeping on the floor outside in the street. And so this person was telling me, like, what about people who, like, came from nothing and acquired wealth through their hard work? Like, that's great. Like, I'm happy for all the people who came up from nothing and achieved great wealth. Like, the inner white man in us is, like, conquer and divide. Like, yeah. The, the fucking, what is it called when you're devil's advocate? Like, we just want to play devil's advocate here in this conversation. No. Like, motherfucker, no. 
Like, there's no devil's advocate in racism. Yeah, there's no devil's advocate when we're talking about violence against women and like, well, she wore this kind of... No. (laughs) No. No. And like, the inner white man also sounds like sending an email to like, to your coworker, your your BIPOC coworker, and then BCCing your fucking boss. That is the inner white man. Like, the inner white man exists in all of us. And the inner white man also advocates for the police Mm -hmm. to be in place. Mm -hmm. And when we say abolish the police, we are excited for when that day comes. And, of course, it's going to lead to abolishing the military and the prison industrial complex. And that also comes with centering Vanessa Guillen, who, you know, a a woman of color, like a A young young woman woman of of color color. who went into the military, who was recruited into the military to be with a bunch of predators who killed her. And so I think that... When we talk about abolition, it's not just the dismantling of one system. Mm-hmm. It's literally dismantling all the systems that are creating so much hurt yep. and harm in our society yep. and building it from scratch. And like I said, people have a hard time fucking envisioning that. Yeah. And I think that's why radical imagination is so powerful and so important because you literally have to envision this every single day. day. Yeah. Like abolish money. How about that? Like, let's get rid of currency. Let's go back to a different way of of exchanging goods and receiving goods. Yeah. Yeah. Abolishing capitalism. Yeah. Abolish capitalism as a whole. Abolish toxic masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's that on that. That was our first takeaway. (laughs) I feel like we said a lot. Um, We did. We we said a lot. I feel. I feel. A release from my heart you know i've been i've been building all this mm-hmm. up and it's mm-hmm. it's yeah oh, I, I just want to say like abolition too also means like dismantling medicine as we know it in this side of the world hmm. um we need to we need to start thinking about community care and how we can stop relying on these big ass major hospitals like kaiser saint joseph <laughs> fucking highland hospital <laughs> Um, all those Mark little- Zuckerberg, SF General, like USF. Yeah, like yeah. We need we need to start questioning our all the professionals again, like introspection, reflection. Kill the inner white man. Question everything around you. Always invest in community care. Okay, so you introduced me a lot to community care. Mm-hmm. Can you share? What community care is. Yes. Or just like what it means to you. I think for me, community care means like looking out for each other. I think that like, um, I feel like that I get the idea from like my parents who lived in like pueblos and um, like were really like lived in small tight knit communities that relied on each other to support each other. Like, oh, it's, it's about a rain. I don't have tarp, but... I have firewood. I'll trade you the firewood for the tarp. You know, like yep, yep. Th- that's a form of community care to me. Another form of community care is like seeing somebody in your community who 
needs some type of support and being there to support them. If that's just listening, if that's buying them a cup of coffee, if that is sending them a random present, um, that's also cooking food for someone. Like that one time that you made me... That's the act of Yeah, love. like making food for another person or tea or like, like just community care to me is like moving away from like these big systems in the way that we're used to like operating life and like becoming more close to each other if that makes sense mm-hmm, like person mm-hmm, to person mm-hmm. you know like um and that that can also mean like create like farming like exchanging goods like if i can bead and you have vegetables like i'll make you earrings and I'll give them to you and you give me vegetables and you give me groceries and that's community care. It's that exchange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that exchange, the exchange piece and like... Yeah, and I, I think it ties back into just restorative justice and abolition because there's going to come a time where we will rely on community care mm-hmm. for... Well, let me backtrack. The goal is to not have violence in our world, mm-hmm. right? The goal is for folks to be sufficient like to have their needs met to have housing to have food to Mm -hmm. have mental health services Mm -hmm. and community gardens and I think that community care once we're building towards that world it's going to be so important to just know your neighbors Mm -hmm. like know who who the fuck is in your building like who Mm -hmm. who is a doctor Mm -hmm. even though we just talked about the medical system like who is the doctor who can kind of take care of somebody who works in domestic violence or violence against women to Mm -hmm. or who can kind of who's a therapist yeah, yeah who's a therapist to come in because that's the kind of mentality that I want to individually move forward towards where I'm like, okay, who the hell is in my network that I can call yeah. in to kind of hold this space in, in a hurtful situation where mm-hmm. I, I don't have to rely on a system that mm-hmm. is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And I think we're speaking, I feel like we're speaking to this as if it doesn't exist. And I think that it already does. And it, we, we here in the Bay area, especially like we see snippets of community care. Um, and I think that we've seen that through our work and also just like through our own individual connections. Um, I've really seen community care show up for the family of Sean Monterosa, who was murdered by Vallejo, 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 Vallejo. Yeah. Can't fucking speak today, but yeah, Vallejo police, um, and how a lot of organizers, community artists, community cultural workers, like really came together and they, they created an event in, in his honor and everything in the event, there was food. It was community led. Yeah. Yeah. There was food. There was like screen printing. There was culture, music, art, dance, and it was all free because of the community. The community really came and created that, um, so it's possible. It's possible to have that and not be so fucking rooted in money, mm-hmm. in capitalism, in production, mm-hmm. and just, I don't individual, know. Individual. Individual yeah. success. Yeah. Like, nah. It's, yeah. We, we win when we take care of one another. Yes. And that's what we need to be doing. Yes. So given that that was one of our first takeaways, the second thing that we really want to highlight that I have been processing and that Itzel has also been processing is, you know, when we talk about abolition, like, what does it mean to 
to do cancel culture and what does it mean to call out somebody? Yeah. I think that like when we first talked about this, I think it was really hard for the both of us to like wrap our heads around it because for me, like cancel culture to me, like initially was like canceling someone for like for life for life right? yeah like or like you're like that that thing your problematic fave like mm-hmm. when you have like a favorite mm-hmm. artist or like i don't know somebody that you low-key idolize which is kind of unhealthy too which maybe we should talk about in another episode but like somebody that you hold in high regard and then they let you down and then it's like you're fucking canceled and i yeah like yeah and to me that is toxic right like Mm -hmm. canceling somebody and just like taking away their platform or like kind of exiling them out from certain circles or like yeah or just like making them feel like the other or yeah Mm -hmm. I feel like that's toxic cancel culture um but yeah. I think we look at it a little bit differently. I think, at least for myself, like, when I think of cancel culture, I also think of, like, call-in, call-out culture of, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. we're not, like, exposing this person with the intent to um, ostracize them. Yeah, Like, we're doing this with the intent to hold this person accountable like um but then I I think there's situations like with Pink Cat Daily who we we talked about in our last episode who has yet to take accountability (laughs) for the harm that they've done to black women and the appropriation of black culture and how I feel comfortable saying that that bitch is canceled like don't fuck with her store don't buy her art don't support her business because this is a person who refuses to take responsibility. And I feel like those kinds of people are very harmful. And those are, I don't know. I feel like she also deserves (laughs) some compassion and like, I don't know. You know, and uh, yeah, that's, that's the fine line. Like how do we, you know, how would we hold pink cat daily in a fucking restorative justice circle when there's been so many people that have called her in yep. and made a whole other account and tried to hold that conversation. And I think cancel culture mentality can also come off as not super constructive. You know, when you completely cancel somebody, it just mm-hmm. it's after so many tries. But mm-hmm. I've also had that mentality where I'm like, fuck you. You don't get it. So I'm not going to associate with you. And I think... I think I mentioned this too in the last episode where these kind of feelings or even mentality can move people actually away from our movement instead Mm -hmm. of pulling them Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. and just going back to abolition. Like, what do we do with the people who are kind of like, yeah, defund the police, but keep the police? You know, how do you how do you get somebody to shift their mentality to abolition right Mm -hmm. and i think that's the the biggest and the hardest piece of movement work and liberation work where a lot of people are kind of on the line of you know not knowing how they feel they're like yes take take that money away from oakland schools take that money away from just schools in general 
but I still think it should exist in other parts. And I think that's that's just really, really hard. And what what I personally feel, it just ties back into calling somebody in and like mm-hmm. holding them accountable and having these really, really tough conversations about like, wait, why do you think that way? Mm-hmm. And how do you just get somebody to shift? Yeah. I think that if we're going to cancel anything, we should cancel rent. We should cancel capitalism. We should cancel the uber rich people like Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, the fucking Kardashians, like the corporate greedy people. We need to cancel those people. Mm -hmm, All the fucking mm -hmm. pedophiles that exist in the White House. Like we need to cancel all those people. And I think in our community, it's important to like call people in. So I know I said that earlier about Pink Cat Daily, how we should cancel her. But like I... I guess she also deserves to be called in. <laughs> but yeah, people have I, I'm, tried. I'm going to need to sit on that, yeah. you know? People have tried. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we can put a thumbnail on that one. Because, <laughs> I don't know. A thumbnail. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think also in, in, in for my, like, what we were talking about earlier, Steph, in, like, call-out calling culture is, like, what is the right way to do it? And I feel like... <laughs> There is no right way. I think that the right way to address call out calling culture or like what what are like the what now? Like, okay, we've called this person out. How are we going to move forward? The solutions, whatever, like all of that needs to center the victim or the survivor, however they choose to identify, like the person who who received the harm, like mm-hmm. what like what do they want? Yeah. You know, like what is they, justice it, it look for them? It needs to be centered on yeah. them, right? Because oftentimes, I feel even when when survivors have came out about their story, it's I, I feel like it always comes back to just centering men mm-hmm. and you know, making like coddling them and making sure they are okay. And it's yeah. it's a shame to see that play out, really. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think with with call-in, call-out culture, it feels uncomfortable. Um, but it also, like, the uncomfortableness is, like, where the change happens. Like, we we get better as a society by failing and having the hard conversations of, like, how are we going to move forward? Um, and I think that those are the conversations we need to get comfortable having. Um, like, yeah, like how like again how does like what does accountability accountability look like without putting somebody in jail without putting them in the harms of the system because i think something too with calling call out culture that we often don't talk about is that the people who are sharing their stories are often more like in vulnerable positions than the people who cause the harm you know because you're more likely to receive a lot of hate mm-hmm. and Questioning. more like yeah i mean just 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 going back to meg mm-hmm. she didn't put out anything for a couple of days mm-hmm. and she started to receive a lot of shit mm-hmm. and then once she did put out something it was displaying all these false news that were going on around her and that made it worse, I feel, as well. Her just kind of making a public statement, it, it amplified the entire situation. So I really do feel that 
there's no there's no right way to do it like either way it's still it's still gonna come back to to the women 10 times worse mm-hmm. yeah and I think that with calling call out culture too like people need to feel the embarrassment the guilt and the like they need to get a taste of what it feels like to not be harmed but like the empathy like check for fucking empathy like do you even feel bad that you did this to another person are you even able to relate like Mm. on a human Mm -hmm. level like can Mm -hmm. you can you get there if not like let's talk about how we can you know especially like with the men that we've talked about today like how can we how can we put you on a path of healing <laughs> but I, I don't i don't know dude like i say that with a lot of hesitation too because when i think about like the comeback like of those specific people that we named i think of like femmes doing a lot of that labor and like femmes doing a lot of the not the facilitation fixing, yeah. and the, the poking the healing, of the brain and they're like why why did you do that why did what did that make you feel you know and i've had multiple i i feel i've had one or two conversations with people about this you know in terms of how how do men heal and is it really up to a woman because I, I don't know. We're just, we're so equipped with with emotional intelligence. And awareness. And, and awareness and just the ways that we navigate the world. So who who really has that role? And I'm not advocating that women have that role in, in the healing of men's lives. Mm-hmm. But I'm just questioning what is that ultimately going to look like for healed men to not be going to prison Mm -hmm. for multiple causes of violence against women and just so many other things yeah if you're a male identified person especially a cishet man and And you are listening yeah hit us up slide into the dms create a conversation hold your men and your friends accountable don't be a fucking apologist or uh, a bystander a bystander or like yeah or withhold information because oh i'm trying to be a homie like no no bro. no if your friend is a predator and is inflicting violence you need to call that person in yeah it's yeah yeah more to come damn we haven't even talked about like toxic masculinity in any. No, it's just we just kind of like it yeah, just came up. It just came up, but yeah, I think maybe that should be its own episode, like toxic masculinity and how it shows up, because yeah, we can definitely speak on that for days. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you can expect that to be an episode sometime soon. Um. I think where we're at with this takeaway, I think it it pushes us to our last takeaway. Which is the hardest takeaway, and it's practicing accountability with justice. And I... Man, that's yeah. hard. Yeah. I just want to name that we don't have the answers. And so... True. Like, yeah. I think this is me and Steph, like, trying to come up with something and, like 
going off of like just like what we've what we've already talked about like practicing yeah practicing accountability with justice and like we said earlier like this looks like I think part of it looks like most of it should look like with what the person the community that was harmed like with what they need yeah and I I think it comes with also asking yourself how how do you want people to be held accountable in in the circumstance that there's harm being caused into your life you know what what does that look like for you what does it sound like to you what does it feel like for you because accountability for the most part has always been seen i feel as just going into prison mm-hmm. and being put in a fucking jail cell that is that accountability though or is that just punishment i would say it's more punishment because accountability would allow for that person to dive into deeper reflection yeah yeah of their harms and you know like be able to talk about their experience from a healed perspective yeah and i think accountability too comes with like being comfortable with saying like i harmed you and i'm sorry and i've harmed other people around you and i'm sorry for that and i want to be better help Mm -hmm. me be better Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and you know this this kind of makes me think of jeremy's apology on instagram i haven't read it we should read it yeah after this but it makes me think of his apology and how he said that right and for me when i read it i was like this is not enough wait what did he say he was like i'm really sorry for my actions and you know everything that happened was just i'm sorry yeah and i told you he he didn't allow people to comment on it and people were responding to it and saying like wow you're so brave for apologizing and all that stuff but it like even if there is an apology that comes with accountability i don't i don't know yeah you know it's as you're still talking, it still goes beyond like what would that look like does that, it mean that's what i was gonna say does it mean deplatforming? like does it mean yeah. not doing poetry anymore does it mean yeah. not not being in spaces anymore yeah does it mean going mia for a couple years <laughs> to not i don't know yeah i think as you were talking stuff i i'm thinking about like we do need an apology and I think accountability also comes with like recognizing the harm you you cause, right? Which is like apologizing or becoming aware of it, and then apologizing is feeling empathy. I would hope. And I think another piece to that is an explanation of how you're gonna get better. Like, mm. what are the education tools? What is the inner work that you're gonna be doing? to get to be a better person to be a better human in our community and i know that like some of the work is deeply personal and i'm not saying like you need to give you need to like upload your fucking journal entries or like you need a <laughs> daily journal yeah, entries yeah take us on a intimate ride of your healing process no i think that it is owed to the community that you explain how you're gonna get better Mm, um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and explains how like what are you like what are you gonna put in place so that you don't continue to perpetuate this harm 
who are going to be your accountability partners, who is going to be your support system, who is going to be um, your rock, your community that is going to keep you grounded and motivated and not feel, not make you feel so isolated in your healing growth process. Some of it is isolating though, because it is like your own shit to work on and sort through. Um, but yeah, I feel like that, that's what I can think of when I think of like accountability with justice. Um, like you owe an explanation because I haven't read Jeremy's letter, but by the sounds of it, it just looks like he, he just apologized and yeah. said, like, well, that's that. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think just having this conversation together, I feel that accountability will not just come with one thing. It's going to be in, you know, it's going to have multiple buckets mm-hmm. and long-term plans to fully heal because there's a lot of men in spaces that have, that have so many followers and a huge platform mm-hmm. and are so romanticized that are so harmful and I think that just comes with it's not just gonna be one little post it's not gonna be yeah yeah Yeah. so I I'm I'm excited to see where our movement and our world is shifting towards and that's why I feel that this topic of abolishing the police the military industrial complex and the prison industrial complex is so important to be reading about, to be engaging in, because it's really challenging everybody's fixed mentality mm-hmm. on our world. Mm-hmm. And it all ties back into just so many things, like mental health, like the reasons why people fucking react these ways, like the lack of services that exist, and mm-hmm. just ways that it all also falls back to violence against women and like black women who continue to be mistreated and really harmed yeah yeah i agree with you 100 percent. and i think that this is an ongoing conversation like this isn't something that we can wrap up and put a nice bow on it <laughs> it like, ain't no christmas gift yeah like this is this a, is heavy this is really really heavy and, and it yeah it's learning it's a lot of like being a student again um, engaging in collective dialogue. Um, I recently saw a post about debate versus dialogue, and I think that hmm. only in dialogue can we come to these solutions with each other. Um, and I don't think solutions come from just one person. I think solutions come from the collective. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've said a lot <laughs> in this episode, um, but a lot of important things and a lot of our takeaways this time didn't have like closed ideas or statements. <laughs> like a lot of it is left open-ended. Um, and I think that that is just, it speaks to where we are in society as we're we're trying to come together and support each other and and grapple with like generations of systematic violence and racism yeah and so with that being said we really hope that our audience our listeners just continue to have these conversations and can like continue to have conversations that lead to you taking actions in your own life Mm -hmm. to 
challenge folks in healthy ways and Mm -hmm. to really center dialogues that are going to help people understand Mm -hmm. that mentality. Yeah. And I think one thing I want to add before we just close out is just like when, when, when calling somebody in or when trying to hold somebody accountable, I think it's also important. Um, and it ties back to something I said earlier, like destroying the inner white man, um, comes with don't get stuck on the power trip of making somebody feel or like calling somebody out about something that they said or calling out somebody about something that they did or a behavior um there is a lot there's a power dynamic when you're trying to like educate someone um and destroying the inner white man is checking yourself and checking your approach to how you're gonna call someone call some call someone in call someone out um yeah i just wanted to to state that because i think there is a power trip that can happen in those dynamics um yeah and so thank you just for anybody who tuned in who listened today as we mentioned earlier you know please share our content Mm -hmm. either with a friend on social media anything that will help uh, just allow people to listen yeah spread the good word spread the good word and you know <laughs> yeah thank you yeah i think that's all we got to say for today um we hope that you learned something in this podcast we or in this episode um if you feel inclined to add to the dialogue that we shared today dm us, DM us either personal personally it goes or, down the dm or on the work wifey's um instagram or twitter um we try to be active on there as much as we can and we would really like to get some you know some feedback about the shit that we're doing shit what we're talking about Um, yeah so sending a lot of love to wherever you are and tune in to our next episode it'll be episode five we'll keep y'all updated but yeah have a beautiful have a beautiful rest of your day yeah Yeah, beautiful month (laughs) close july out on a top-notch note um thank you for listening tag your work wifey tell them to tune in um We appreciate you, and we hope to hear you, see you, interact with you, socially distanced. And I hope that you all are taking care of yourselves. Drink water, eat your veggies, wear your mask, wear sunscreen. Take no bullshit. Peace.